When cancer enters your life, things get real very quickly. Receiving a diagnosis of cancer is a shock, including to medical professionals who are well aware that cancer can happen to anyone. How does one cope with and respond to the changes in self-perception that occur when cancer intervenes? Today I speak with Catherine McDonough, yoga teacher and nurse practitioner, who in 2017 was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer. We explore Catherine's use of yoga and meditation as complementary practices to traditional oncology protocols. Catherine talks about her coping strategy of simplifying and becoming more mindful, less external. She also talks about how this dreaded diagnosis has given her a measure of psychological freedom that has prompted her to lighten her attachment to things and leave a smaller footprint in her wake. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is Real Cancer. Catherine, thank you so much for coming in to talk with me today. Uh, you've been recently diagnosed with breast cancer and are currently in treatment. Tell us a little bit about your cancer story. Let's see. Last fall, I, I was uh, doing a breast exam. And I noticed that a lump in my right breast did not seem like a normal lump. I've had lumps all my life called fibrocystic breasts, and this lump felt entirely different. And I said, oh, oh. So um, I went and had a mammogram, and it came back highly suspicious for malignancy. Wow, I was, you know, everybody is at risk all women are at risk for breast cancer. I, I was really taken aback. I'm like everyone is, but they needed to do a biopsy, and it was, oh, it was just around Christmas time, and they I had to wait until after New Year's because everything was closed. Oh yeah, so you were just, uh, just sitting with that question in your mind. And trying to be present and trying to turn this thing over and saying, oh, if it's positive, what do I do? Negative, and then try to push it out of my mind. Make, yeah, so then I went in. Um, after January 2nd, I went in, and the biopsy showed positive for malignancy, stage 2 breast cancer. Mm. So I was, uh, needless to say, shocked. I think I pushed it out of my mind so much that I was thinking, no, it's not going to be cancer. So uh, I went. They said, "Oh, come back in three weeks, and we'll we'll start talking about treatment." I was like, three weeks? That's that's like forever. I want treatment today." But unfortunately, you have to go along with um, the plan. It's not in your hands. Mm-hmm. And so who were you getting the treatment plan with? Was that with your, who was, who were you talking to at that point? Um, I, my primary care doctor is a woman at UCLA, and she referred me to um, a pathologist who did the, she's actually a radiologist pathologist who did the biopsy. So she called me a day or two after the biopsy and told me it was positive. I was then, um, recommended to go to UCLA Breast Care Center. And um, the deal with UCLA Breast Care Center, and I'll give it a little plug, because 
the specialists all meet you together on one day. They read your chart, they review the films, and the oncologist, the radiologist, and the surgeon all meet with you to talk to you, and they jointly talk to each other. They're three women, Hmm. and they're very empowered women. (laughs) They're all uh, under 50 and researchers at UCLA, and they're they're just kick-ass... I'm sure of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. Mm. And so that gave you some confidence? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I felt relief talking to them. Right away, I felt like I was in great hands, and they assured me that I was, of course. Like I said, they were kick-ass. That's right. <laughs> but they said, oh, this is curative. We're positive that this is curative. And so all those words um, meant um, positive things for me. So... For that day, at least, I wasn't, I, I felt like, okay, take me, take me. I, I want to get this out. I want to get this taken care of. And so what has been your course of treatment thus far? Well, I've had, um, I, the recommendation was six chemo treatments every three weeks, um, of which I have two more left, followed by lumpectomy and then radiation for a month. And they said that should be it, basically, it's the slash and burn treatment, mm-hmm. and they feel that I won't be needing their help after this. They said the chance of reoccurrence is almost nil. Wow. So I wanted the numbers, so I was really you know, wanting them to be more precise. And they said, well, we can only be more precise after we do surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, th- we, we believe it's almost nil, but we will be able to tell you if it's 2%, 4 or 5 whatever percentage wow. it would be of recurrence. Amazing. So I was very he- you know, heightened by that. I, I felt, well, I mean, I've dealt with breast cancer a lot with patients that I've, I'm, I've worked in medical care for years. And so a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of, scary um, encounters for people that I've witnessed so I was I felt I felt lucky yeah absolutely those numbers um, are uh, reassuring although of course we always want it to be zero guaranteed <laughs> yes exactly. absolutely so and how are you feeling now that you're two-thirds of the way through your um, chemotherapy you know, I'm I'm feeling not too bad. I have days when I I feel very weakened by chemotherapy. Um, it, it wipes out your white count and your red your red blood cells are decreased, so you don't have as much energy. Um, but knowing that I only have two left makes me feel like I'm coming to the end of the road. But it's a very harsh uh, chemotherapy is a very harsh treatment, and you're there for. You know, anywhere from four to six hours getting infused with these with these chemo agents. Right. Yeah, it's rather daunting. Yeah, absolutely. So now that you're past the initial shock of learning that you have cancer and a few months into treatment, what are some of the coping strategies that you've developed to help you get through? Yoga is one. I, I'm very involved with yoga over most of my lifetime, and. It, while it's not perfect and it doesn't allow me to always feel like I can be in the future, in the present, 
particularly the present. I want to either go to the future, how is this going to be? Um, and there's really no assurances. There's, you know, it's like life. You, um, I think you learn as you get older to accept uh, things on a daily basis more. And so it's just, it's day to day. Um, I've talked to a lot of people with cancer, met a lot of people at the oncology center who say, don't talk to people about how negative you're feeling. It only reinforces the negativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, just try to tell yourself you're getting through it and you're going to be strengthened by it. And I think there are parts of me that feel strengthened by it. Mm-hmm. Right. And what sort of support have you had to help you during that time? I have a, f- a supportive family, a uh, family of origin that I, I live near, and they're, they're, they've all offered all kinds of help. Um, I, have, uh, I, I continue to teach yoga. My students are very empowering, but mostly I've kind of withdrawn. That's been my coping mechanism, which mm. surprised me. Uh, I thought I thought I would be someone to say, "Oh, I'm going to show up and tell people that this is no th- big thing, and that will psychologically help me get through all of this." Well, it didn't turn out that way. My my introspective um, examination uh, told me that I needed to really be more isolated and more um, more mindful and less external, more internal. Mm. And that's helped me. So you're you're sort of it's self care to kind of cocoon yourself a little bit or or hibernate a little bit and meditate a lot, a lot of meditation where I'm just present and I watch my breath for fifteen minutes at a time or a half hour at a time and I feel so much stronger when I finish doing that because I remain present for that long. Because with cancer, it's hard to remain present. You always know that you have this cancer that's invaded your body and it's 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 something that you don't want but yet you have to make you kind of have to make friends with it you don't want to necessarily be enemies with it although that's the current um what should i say that's the current mode that people talk about battle it's a battle right and battles i don't know i don't like to think of it so much as a battle mm-hmm uh, to me, that's warlike. That's you're gently easing it out of your body. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Do I sound lofty? Maybe. <laughs> you're inviting it to leave. <laughs> Could you please leave yes. now? <laughs> I'm speaking today with Catherine McDonough, who is currently in treatment for stage two breast cancer. I know that in your professional life, you work as a family nurse practitioner. You're a longtime practitioner of yoga, teach a popular class with a wonderful name, Yoga for Stiff People. How has your cancer diagnosis and treatment affected your work life? And how does your training experience in medicine and health affect your experience in being a cancer patient? Well, you'd think it would help you cope a lot more to be from the medical side, but it makes you really question things more. You don't let things rest because when you're taking care of, well, you're providing, let's say, healthcare guidance rather than taking care of people, you're always researching and looking for the best um, 
practices to give your patients. So I'm constantly um, on um, t- talking to friends who work in the field, especially oncology nurse practitioners, and I feel comfortable talking to them. Although you know, the surgeon who put my port in a port is it's a line that they put in your chest so that you can accept chemotherapy rather than looking for a vein each time you get your chemo treatments. Anyway, this surgeon, <laughs> young surgeon, said to me, mm, "I I hope I'm never on this that side of the table." Mm-hmm. And I said, well, good luck. I didn't want to be here either. Um, so that's, uh, that's uh, you know, he's basically saying he doesn't really trust, um, you know, and, and even as a nurse practitioner, I've worked in the system. It's easy to distrust the big medical system mm. because often outcomes aren't what we want them to be. And... Um, so I try not to rely on the medical system so much as I do the yoga system that um, I'm practicing with cancer. I, I Yoga helps it to become the biggest yoga pose I've ever done mm-hmm. so that I can observe the way I react to it the same way that I can a pose. And that's probably helped me the most, I'd say. Um, I can get intense about it and relax the same way you can with a yoga pose. So it is probably my biggest yoga pose, yeah. Wow, that's a that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, so in yoga training is so it's helped me uh, so enormously. Even when practicing and with other patients, I taught patients yoga postures, and you know the people that did some small almost looking insignificant postures always did better than people who didn't um, incorporate the yoga or resisted it. It's amazing to watch. I never did a study, but I I have anecdotal many hundreds of people that um, were helped by starting to observe their body move and to to make, to to put their life... um, into a, a pose, and when you leave the yoga center, it's there's just a different kind of yoga than being in the studio doing postures. Mm-hmm. And so, do you think that the, there's something specific to cancer, uh, yoga's effect on uh, cancer patients or patients really with any sort of disease? I think patients with any sort of disease. I I think um, probably if you haven't, if yoga is not a part of your life and you get cancer, it's probably a great idea to get um, a class of tai chi or yoga or some way to kind of get friendly with your body in terms of movement. The movement has helped me tremendously, uh, um, and I and everyone I talk to who participates in some kind of movement, you might have days of depression and days where you feel like just staying on the couch but you don't want to stay there long and you feel this urge you kind of get pulled up by your hair to do something right I was really depleted while I was going through my chemotherapy and and I found it hard to do any of my sort of normal just things I like to do like walk up the street but I did take uh, a, a yoga class that was specifically for um people who are um, dealing with cancer or other chronic illnesses, and I found that to be 
just a, a fantastic experience and a fantastic practice to to do that. And it really helped me once I finished with my treatment to kind of, again, get reacquainted with my body because you do become so alienated from your body, which is, you know, it's it has a it has cancer. <laughs> yeah, it becomes somewhat alien. Yeah, you, and you want to reject it. I, I felt like I wanted to reject my body. And, you know, you go through anger. I had stages of anger where, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was, well, I was lowering my risk, like everybody's trying to do today with diet and movement. And, you know, I'm a vegetarian, and not that that makes me saintly in any way, but it, it's supposed to lower your risks. And... Um, there, I'm not immune. I got cancer. So they and and the doctors, they all say they've not seen any category of people that seem to be free from it. Right, right. So thinking about um, the diagnosis and going through treatment, what has been the hardest aspect of it for you? The hardest part, I would say, is to see myself in a category of being a cancer survivor. Or not, <laughs> and we don't know. It's always, am I a cancer survivor or not? And um, you live with that for a long time within the medical system, probably ten or fifteen years before. If it's negative for that long, you probably feel clear. And if if not, you're either going back in for more treatment, and you're just dealing with managing this this uh, invasive alien that came to you. I'd say. Yeah, considering I'm in another category now, and I think that's probably been the worst aspect for me is not feeling like I'm totally healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's been this line drawn before you, prior to cancer, you were thought of yourself as a healthy person, and now exactly. you're in a different, different category. Really, forevermore, probably, <laughs> if you if you're lucky. Yes, yes, yes. So life is good. That's right. <laughs> and um, what are some of the things that have been most helpful to you in terms of making your way through this experience? You you talked about yoga and seeing this experience as a yoga pose, your most uh, difficult and most challenging yoga pose. Uh, what are some of the things, other things that have uh, been helpful? Well, um, something that came naturally to me uh, out of the blue was um, normally when I dealt with friends who were very sick with cancer and I attended them in the clinic or the hospital, I would get very anxious for them because I wanted them to live and I felt how frightening it is to be on this line where if you know you're close to maybe dying. But I don't, uh, that anxiety has never come and it's, I don't know why. I don't, I, it's kind of the universe uh, gave maybe knew that you know the universe sends you messages maybe i feel that that would overwhelm me too much but i have not been um filled with the fear that i imagined myself to be if i ever got the diagnosis and that's been helpful and it's nothing i did to get that right um i don't know what you would call it but and you know maybe it's just a, a some certain kind of freedom, uh, and it could come, I suppose, if they said it's back and we can't treat you, well, then maybe it would take over then. But I guess since they told me it could be treated, I've gone to this freedom thing Mm -hmm. psychologically, and that's helped me tremendously. Right. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so it's it's not uh, the fear that you experienced for other people. You haven't felt that for yourself. It's a different experience than you thought it was going to be. It's a, 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 you've had a bit of freedom that you didn't think you were going to have. And and a gift. It's like a gift because I'm less attached to things at my house. I'm I'm ready to downsize. Um, you know, my husband and I are starting to pack boxes and think about renting a place and not owning our home, which we've had for the last 13 years. A lot of space there, but I I I want to contract even that way and just feel freer. I I like to travel, and uh, my my husband and I go to India at times, and it's just easier to close up a two bedroom apartment than. Uh, a house with many bedrooms and bathrooms and space. And I never thought that I would, in the midst of cancer, feel like I want to move on, but I, I do feel like I want to. And maybe it is because I wonder if I have, how much I have left, I might as well deal with getting ready, downsizing. Mm-hmm. And it's not frightening, it just feels practical. Are there other ways in which this diagnosis and your treatment have affected the way you think about and experience life? Well, now I feel I'm a, a much closer to people who who've had this experience, and it's like we're all we're in a I'm in a new I'm in a new class or a new new group, which is it's it affects how I feel about my health because I'm not a healthy person. But so many people are um, put into that category overnight, and. Um, I, I I feel a kinship to people who've been through this, and it's almost like an instant bond <laughs> that I have with people who had this diagnosis, and it's just it's a new family, really. Yeah, I I have the same the same feeling. I think a lot of people have that. It sort of um, it it sort of fast tracks your intimacy <laughs> with uh, with another person. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast track pass. Yes, it is. Definitely is. Oh yeah. Mm. And I and I've really heard some whoppers. I feel lucky in a lot of ways uh, hearing what other people have gone through. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, just to conclude, um, what would you say to others who are at the beginning of the cancer experience? Keep your seatbelt on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. You'll have ups and downs, but the fact that there's treatment now—I mean, they can offer you treatment. I mean, even 20 years ago, um, they might try you on something, and within three days, the chemo treatment would be so harsh that people couldn't not make it through. Um, I, I'm glad to be at a place where they've learned so much that they can calculate these agents that they're giving you so that they don't totally take you down so much that you end up dying at the other end. And that was all, it wasn't intended to be an experiment. It was just um, the medical scientists were desperately trying to save people and they really didn't know how to calculate these agents. And now they do. Um, Many more people are living. And of course, I feel upset because I feel the earth is more contaminated and more polluted and there's more cancer. And my solution would be, let's clean up the earth and have less cancer. I presented this to my oncologist and she said, 
well, I don't think we're going to be able to clean up the earth, so we just need better cancer agents. And I was like, I looked at her, my eyes got big, and I said, gee, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, on that up note, Catherine. <laughs> well, it should be. I mean, you have to look at you have to look at the positives of being living in a time when you can get some care, treatment. Yeah, absolutely, and we can be grateful for that. Thanks so much for coming in mm. and uh, and talking to me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Please subscribe to Real Cancer wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us via Twitter at RealCancerPod and email us with episode ideas at RealCancerPodcast at gmail.com. If you know of someone who'd be a terrific guest, I'd love to know about it. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel. McDaniel.